What is up, Internet? Welcome to another episode of the Team Ability No Excuses podcast, where we bring real talk to matters of disability with no excuses. My name is Chad. I have my partner in crime, Andy, with me. Uh, say hello, Andy. Why don't, why don't I give you a chance to say hi? Hi. Hi. There you go. There it is, right? He's very good. He's very well-spoken, uh, is Andy, and he's going to do probably much more talking than I will tonight, which will be rare and exceptional for the listeners of our podcast. So enjoy that. Um, Brett is not with us tonight. He is under the weather. And so we're thinking of him. Uh, he was uh, ready to go with us. Uh, we've got a guest lined up who I will uh, let Andy introduce uh, momentarily. But uh, Brett's not with us. So Andy, we've got to uh, pull the ship ourselves, I suppose. That's a weird cliche. Uh, that's not even a cliche. I'm just making stuff up tonight. Yeah, well, we we are a cliche full podcast, so I mean, if you start start making your own up, then I think we got to just start recycling. Yeah, because, right. eventually we're just going to use them all, and we just have to invent our own. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's what makes it a cliche is you just use it over and over again. So right. So if I continue to use the random stuff that I say over and over again, then eventually it becomes cliche. Or people would just call you an idiot. Yeah. Only so. you on the internet repeatedly because that is what you do. The number of people that follow us and have followed us and know our friendship for a lot of years, and you're going to introduce somebody that you have known uh, for far longer than I am, but the number of people that, that still must think we hate each other's guts is probably pretty hysterical. Well, I, I would argue that people that have known us for a long time don't actually think that, but um, Probably more so social media wise. Right. Um, Just the people on Facebook that don't know the actual friendship that we have. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I would also say I probably don't care. So um, <laughs> I don't care what your other Facebook friends think of me. That's awesome. That's awesome. I will say, though, now that the people that used to mention to me, um, you know, who's this Andy Moore guy that's always busting your chops on 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 facebook if they, if i do get that now i'm like oh that's the guy i podcast with and they're like oh i gotta check out that podcast there you go so See, it's yeah, worked, I worked that. to our advantage i was just i was thinking i was thinking long term yes yeah, you're playing the long game i love it I yeah love it. um listen we passed kind of a uh i don't want to call it an anniversary it was a well it was a year ago a little over a year, year ago now but um we, we started video recapping the, the podcast, and the, the one that kind of took off was when I totally botched uh, um, Scrubs. Yes, the TLC No Scrubs um, incident. Yeah, that was a great one. We yeah, it's a little bit over a year ago now already. So <laughs> We celebrated That's the, the one year, and you are known, especially among uh, some of my senior level students that do listen to our podcast, you're known as the No Scrubs guy. So uh, so that's cool. We had that moment where um, we were, if I remember correctly, documenting the fact that uh, people naturally assume sometimes that people with disabilities don't drive. Um and you were mentioning that, of course, you were driving and I was in the passenger seat. And then I made a TLC reference. Uh, and I said, I didn't want to be, you know, the guy forever that was hanging out in the passenger side of his best friend's ride. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm a scrub. And then you said, shout out to Beyonce. And I said, no, that's 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 not TLC. That's Destiny's Child. But anyways. Yeah, that is, that, that, that's like verbatim what happened. Uh, listen, my question was going to be, though, and then we're going to get to Kev because um, – well, it's earlier that where he is, so we can make him wait a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but, that's um, right. That's right. Um, my question was going to be like, what? What are these kids listening to? Because that song is 
Um, no scrubs. I don't know. Probably, yeah, yeah no least. scrubs is probably circa two thousand two ish, between two thousand two and two thousand five. So what, what, you're not teaching current music. Obviously. Apparently not. Apparently not. You know the um, the amount of kids that I have, and again, my role kind of. Uh, as the, the band guy at my high school is I, I'm not really, you know, I'm trying to embrace current music as much as possible, but really we're playing concert band pieces that uh, are sometimes arrangements of songs from the radio, but more often than not, they're instrumental type pieces that are written for concert band purposes. But the number of kids that I teach that I will make a nineties reference to, and they'll, they'll get it right away uh, is really reassuring sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes I think I, I, I teach some pretty hip kids, at least hip in my eyes. Right. I don't, I don't know if I can agree with that because if, <laughs> but uh, anyways. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're wasting time here. Let's get to the good stuff. We've got a guest lined up by the name of Mr. Kevin Davidson that you have far more history than I do with. So I will let you take over and tell the internet why Kevin Davidson is here tonight. Yeah, uh, Kev, I've known Kev for uh, close to 20 years, if not 20. But um, you mentioned Brett's not with us and it would not be a, podcast without Brett if I didn't throw some shade at him so here we go um, he says he's under the weather I think that Kevin was giving him such a hard time in our pre uh, podcast chat that he was just like I'm out yeah, that's, yeah maybe that's what I think happened he, but, he was uh, already not ready to take the heat so he just he just told us he was not feeling well that's that's what I'm going with he'll probably said set me straight later on but uh kev are you there yeah i'm here yep good stuff um so <laughs> you're laughing already i like that i like that i i'm just laughing because i was as you said like he left and said he was sick because of the 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 pre blog vlog chat i i went back through and i was reading through the comments and you could surmise that. You could look at it and say It could be a very a second, valid point. Right after right after I was talking about the Bruins winning the cups. Then he was like, I don't feel well anymore. When he was like, Hey guys, I'm not feeling well tonight. Well listen, man, I, I was pretty I was pretty upfront and honest. I was like, Kevin is basically my brother, so don't um don't mess around like I didn't say don't mess around, but um, right away, he, he he goes off on. I'm not going to say attacking because we give it back and forth pretty good. But and then he, he just stepped in like a brother would and just. Well, how can I say it correctly? Fed him his lunch. I don't know. <laughs> it, it 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 was a uh, pretty humorous to read through for sure. Uh, but. <laughs> That's awesome. And his lunch. He's not well. Is, is that not accurate? That uh I won't say it's not it's not inaccurate. Uh I don't <laughs> I, I don't want to say that we may not, have been I didn't not feed yeah. him his lunch. <laughs> I don't want the internet feeling that I'm like I'm a bully, but I will say that listen, sometimes you step into the ring and you know, you think you're getting fifty five year old Tyson, but you're getting Tyson in his prime, you know, and yeah. you just quickly learn all right, I just need to keep my distance. Just kidding. I'm sure he's a wonderful man. I'm sure he's amazing. I'm sure he's a great dude. All I'm saying is I tried to warn him, and he didn't didn't heed those warnings. So, 
Um, yeah. You get what you get, I guess. Can but, we use the words keep your distance in COVID times? Is that is that too touchy? I'm not trying to be uh, – Oh, my know, goodness. Being too touchy uh, because, yeah, that's not what we do here on this podcast. But <laughs> I, just I, hashtag it and then it's all good. Yeah. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I am totally uh, fine with being able to go to the grocery store from here on out and not have like 16 carts around me. I enjoy that. <laughs> I really do. I also enjoy going to like the doctor's office and there only being like six chairs instead of like 40 and not having to worry about walking in there and being like, Oh man. Yeah. I'm definitely getting sick. Even if I wasn't before I got in here. Um, I don't know how feasible that is for all healthcare systems, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. So we mentioned, and Andy kind of said off the cuff, uh, as we were bantering earlier that, you know, it's earlier where you are, so we can make you wait a bit. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, um, maybe this is where we sort of jump in and, and tell the internet that we are in two very, at least Andy and I versus you are in two very, very different uh, geographical places. As, uh, as we tape here in Hamilton, Ontario, you are in Vegas. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> The promised land. He's in the Las Vegas, Nevada of Vegas. So again, we know uh, that uh, these are sort of sensitive times, and everybody's in in a different place with this uh, COVID nineteen business. And we hope you're staying safe. But we also know that in different parts of the world, it looks uh, looks very very different too. So uh, how how are you dealing with uh, with things over there in uh, Can I say Sin City? I could say Sin City. That's what Vegas is. Yeah, right? sure. Uh, it's slowly reopening. Uh, the The entire ship was uh, shut down for. Uh, a bit over a month and a half and it was the most surreal experience uh, to drive down it when it's empty uh, because if you're from Vegas or you've been to Vegas um, and you you know you don't want to be trying to drive down the strip it's going to take you forever there's people everywhere um, but it's it was very interesting time in Vegas and um, the one thing I can say about Vegas people is they're very resilient um, and amazingly kind and um, it's been an incredible experience to kind of watch uh, Vegas really handle this situation gracefully. Um, and uh, especially since this entire city's economy is based uh, probably mo- dependent on uh, gaming and leisure and hotels and all of those things. And when you shut all of that down, people do lose their jobs, they lose their incomes, but uh, Vegas has really st- stuck close together, and, and it's been a really neat time to be here. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. We love it here. Uh, it's it, it's heaven on earth. It really is. That's cool. We'll talk about uh, what brought you uh, there maybe as we kind of get to know you a bit. I'll tell you that I, I had uh, – I have no experience with Vegas other than to what I was watching the UFC fight this past Saturday, which was in Vegas at the UFC apex. And it was an eerie scene seeing uh, some of the, um, the footage of the strip being basically empty. I was like, this is not what I know. And again, I only know what I see from, from the media, uh, from being a hockey fan, from seeing, you know, Vegas golden Knights games and Vegas always looks like such a crazy, uh, and fun town to be in. And I can imagine uh, how different it must've been to just have everything stop. Uh, very much so. Um, yeah, uh, w- so uh, my family lives about mm, 15 minutes off the strip. Um, so like we can get there if we want to. Uh, we rarely go to the strip. You know, it's kind of like a tourist destination. There are some amazing restaurants down there. 
um, that Becky and I will go to, Becky and be my wife, and I will go to on dates. But uh, what you really started to realize was like life just slowed down completely. Mm. And a city that is typically very much always going essentially just stopped. And traffic was light. Um, there was like, it, it was just a surreal thing. And um, even like the US, UFC headquarters um, is – is like six minutes from our house. It's two exits wow. down. And my sons would realize like, oh, hey, like they haven't changed the banners. Is there no fights, dad? And I'd be like, no, there, there's no fights. Like there is not going to be any fights for a while. And mm-hmm. um, But it is uh, slowly picking back up. They opened some of the casinos on the 4th. They're opening more this weekend. Um, they're doing the best they can. Uh there is some worry about you know people coming in and bringing it with them and what that'll do because uh, the healthcare system in Vegas is is not the greatest. Um, so there's a little bit of worry about that, but they're trying the best they can. The casino floors look completely different. They are doing everything they possibly can to make sure people stay employed, um, but be safe as well. So it's it's uh it's kind of that fine balance, you know. Crazy. That's uh intense to think about and that and i guess we've all seen it in our own lives but uh i think you know me being uh being over here in in ontario and not really having much travel experience outside of my own uh my own province you sensationalize cities like vegas you see it on uh on the screen and then to see it as i said i watched this the fight on saturday and they had some footage of what vegas what the strip is looking like these days which was just so bare that i was like wow uh and you've seen it uh through the media you've seen the shots of of you know hubs like new york hot spots like that and you realize mm-hmm. the effect that this thing is having around the world yeah and you really like it is not a uh discriminator of people you know uh if it gets into your community it will ravage your community mm-hmm um, it does not care about your affluence or your lack of affluence, of course. Um, if you don't have health care, it's harder to uh, um, get help. Um, but it is it is a nasty thing. And um, unfortunately, I was actually in the hospital when it really kicked off in Nevada. And um, I ended up being in there for three weeks, partly because they locked it down. Uh, this is a totally true story. They locked it down. I was on a on a floor, a recovery floor, and a lady came into my into my hospital room in the middle of the night and sat on my bed <laughs> in the hospital, and she had COVID. <laughs> and so, and so I was like, "Hey, how are you?" And I'm like, trying to reason with her, like, "Can you please like leave? Like, I'm not okay." We're gonna, we're gonna back up, like, eventually, we're gonna we're gonna get to you know who you are as a person, and I'm, yeah. I'm, this is amazing. The fact that your first instinct is, "Hey, let's have like yeah. some conversation right. with this because, because she's like Andy's first instinct would have been because yeah. she's clearly she's clearly not all she's clearly like it's late. Um, she's an older woman. She's in the hospital. She's probably a little bit delirious, and so like I'm trying. I'm like asking her, "Hey, can you please leave? Um, this is my bed. Can you please leave?" <laughs> Um, and she wouldn't leave. This isn't where I parked my car. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. So then I start buzzing the nurse with the little buzzer and the, the, the charge nurse picks up and she, she goes, your nurse will be there in a second. And I was like, uh, I need a nurse here like right away. Can you get someone here like right now? And she's like, look, we're really busy. 
um, no one could come get you. No, like we'll be there in a second. I was like, okay, like cool. COVID's going on, but like she just will not leave. Like she's sitting on the edge of my bed. Like she's in my bed with me. So I finally, I finally get up, grab my uh, my medicine pole. You know the IV pole. IV, yeah. Yeah, and like I walk all the way to the nurse's desk, and I'm like, "There's a woman in my bed who is not my wife. This is not okay with me." And they're like, "That is no. You are you lying? Are you kidding? Did we like give you too much pain medicine?" And I was like, "I am not hallucinating. There is a woman in my bed." And so, all you see as I turn around is this lady run across the hall into a different room, and I was like, "Oh, there she goes. She's back in her room now." And they're like. Nope, still not her room. <laughs> and like, so they take her and they put her, they put her down the hallway in her room. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, once in a lifetime experience. Well, at least she was this is not going to happen. Patient of the hospital, uh, actual patient of the hospital, uh, <laughs> because she was older and sick. And so then, so then I fall asleep, and um, and I wake up, and. Not only is she back in my room again, oh, she man. is over my face with her face, staring me straight in the eyes as I wake up. And and like luckily this time she, they had alarmed her bed, so like nurses were running into the room. But I was like, you gotta be kidding me! Oh my god, like this is not real life. And so the next morning, my doctor who was seeing me in the hospital, the internist, came in and was like, "Heard you had a wild night with the ladies." It was, it was an interesting experience, super interesting experience. But yeah, the COVID thing, uh, the thing about Las Vegas is it has a large elderly population. This is where people come to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so if COVID does get here, there's a very large worry about what it'll do to the elderly population. Um because we have a lot of the 55 plus 65 plus communities mm-hmm. that aren't um, so much uh, homes as they are individual apartment living, but there's a lot of shared spaces and a lot of contact. And so it's a, it's a difficult thing, but uh, you know, just really praying that it doesn't end up here um, in the way it's that it has other places. So, I think at this point, it's best to kind of work backwards. What do you want to do? You want to start with how we know each other or um, sure. do you want to work, yeah. work backwards? Sure. Because so, I gave you two options and you said sure. So. <laughs> uh, so Andy and I met in Regina, Saskatchewan at Bible College, at Canadian Bible College. Uh, and that's how me and Andy met. I met Andy. Uh, I played basketball there in sometimes attended class. Um, Andy attended much more class. And sometimes and, attended class. That's awesome. And, and played less basketball. Um, and we would hang out all the time. And uh, yeah, that's how I got to know him. Okay, so I met you when you're in Hamilton. Uh-huh. <laughs> when you when you came to, uh, to stay with Andy for a bit. So you're this BC boy who goes yeah. out to Saskatchewan and I have uh, vivid memories of Andy spending that time out at CBC. Cause of course he wasn't uh-huh. on my uh, sledge team while that was, while that was happening. So, uh, so you, you guys meet at CBC, you're this BC uh-huh. boy, you, you meet um, in Saskatchewan, you end up back in Hamilton and, and now you're in Vegas. So where does the rest uh-huh. of the, how do we fill in those gaps? 
Uh, so I stay with Andy for that summer. I go back to college uh, for another year. Um, then I leave college and I, uh, I don't leave college. I get offered a job in ministry. So I say, Hey, what do I need to keep paying for this college thing for? Like, this is what I want to do with my life and let's do it. Like, let's really get fully involved in ministry. So I get into ministry, um, full time. Uh, and I'm about eight months into ministry full time. And I realize that uh, there's a lot of things internally and externally um, about myself that I'm not comfortable with. So I need to change that about me. Um, and not not that it was tragically unhealthy, but a lot of a lot of things like the way that you feel about yourself is the way that you feel everyone's treating you. Mm. Um, and so you really get into these positions where even though I was being successful, I still always felt like a failure. Okay. That's not going to work in ministry because there will become a season that's dry. And if you already feel like a failure and then you're in a season that's dry, what are you going to do? And so I was in ministry and I had another close friend who actually lives in Vegas out here, uh, as well. And his name is Sean Cannell. And he said, hey, come check out the church that I go to down here in Washington. So I go down, and it's just a completely different experience. I, the church that I got saved in and the church that I always attended was a Mennonite Brethren church. Um, so very conservative. We don't like war. We don't like dancing. We're just us. You know, so we're just footloose. us. <laughs> like, very much like, very, very much like Footloose. And so then we... Uh, um, but amazing people, like some of the best people, the, the people at that church changed my life forever, forever. They gave me a, and, and same thing with Andy's parents. Um, they changed my life forever. Andy's sisters who are so loving and kind changed my life forever. Andy changed my life forever. Like <laughs> Andy's family will do that. <laughs> like, just amazing people. Like I have never been in a home with a father figure. So now I'm in a home not only with a father figure, but like an encouraging, kind, smart, hardworking man. Oh, and shout out to Big Mike. Big Mike's getting some Big love Mike, on yeah. the team ability. And Jesus then Mark, this amazing mother figure who like is just the sweetest and kindest lady on the planet Earth. And, and then at that time, uh, I think your older sister had just gotten married. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Had just got in, gotten married. And then Amy was younger than me. Uh, but I played basketball and she played basketball. So I would sometimes go to her practices. Um, but like, so, you know, I've had this environment of people. I've had the right people come into my life at the right time to keep me on the right trajectory. That's amazing. So Sean says, come on down. So I come on down and I am being paid very well at the church that I am at. Um, very well. Uh, I am not at want. And, um, I go down there and I go, holy crud what is going on down here this is amazing this is this is awesome and so i end up quitting my job and going to intern for free at this church um and while i'm interning for free um i eventually convince my wife to fall in love with me um (laughs) we get married we move back to canada for a couple years and, and then in 2010 we immigrate to, I immigrate to uh, the U.S. 
and I've been in the U.S. ever since. So we lived in Washington for eight years, and then we moved down here in uh, 2018 to Vegas in 2018. Um, and I was working as a pastor for a season, and then um, stepped out of that, not because of like anything unhealthy or crazy uh, on my part, and. Now, just uh, my wife is incredibly successful at what she does, um, and so I just uh, do odd, odd in odd things, and uh, work as hard as I can on writing and some other things, and yeah. Amazing! What a what a what a journey! Um, I think that uh, I'm sitting here smiling as I've got. Uh, um, uh, as I just listened to you talk, sitting here smiling, and, and you, you said it, and that's something that speaks to my heart and into my own life. God brings the right people into your life for the right reasons at the exact right time, and his ways are are so much higher than our own, and I think we're seeing that in all of this chaos um, as well. And uh, yeah, shout mm-hmm. out to those amazing people in your life and, and, and just one step in the journey. So now you're in this season uh, in Vegas, uh, which is mm-hmm. pretty incredible, man. And uh, I've kind of been following uh, that journey again. I met you all those years ago in Hamilton when you stayed with Andy's family, who's been important in my own life um, that summer. And we were both, I was spending time at Andy's place for the exact same reasons that you mentioned, uh, just a, a crazy uh, positive influence. Although I've got a, a great relationship with uh, my own parents as well, but spent a lot of time with Andy in those days. And that's when I met you. Uh, and uh, it's been really cool following your journey and seeing you uh, end up in uh, in Vegas is pretty, pretty, pretty cool, man. So that that's uh, that's kind of the cold notes of uh, Kevin Davidson. Yeah, there it is. But uh, but no, I want I want to talk. So we met like both both fresh out of high school. Like Kevin said, he was playing ball, and the campus is so small that the weight room. Um, it, it was more of a high school setup in that, like the gym was like a multi-purpose. It had like a stage. And then the weight room was honestly, I think it was a a closet that they just kind of cleared out and threw some weights in there. So just happened to be whenever uh, I'd be working out, they'd be running basketball practices, and uh, I think me being me just ran my mouth at a couple of the players. I just was correcting their form, and I think you said at one point, you know what? He might not be able to walk well, but he's not wrong. I I did say something like that. That is true. Like, I need to get to know this guy better. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But as a term, uh, let me be very clear, as a term of endearment, not as a term of, uh, like, hurtful, spiteful manner. Oh, no, no. It wasn't a shot at me. It it wasn't a shot at me at all. Um, I think well, you were a freshman, I was a freshman, and these upperclassmen were like, "Who is this guy, and what is he talking about?" But uh, I think no, you you stepped in right away. I was like, "He's not wrong." And then uh, <laughs> from there, we just we just kind of kept hanging out, and uh, um, yeah, that uh, like you said, you came. I think it was MSN back then. No Facebook. No. No, no Snapchat, oh, nothing like that. Word. I got a, I got an MSN message saying, um, "Any chance there's there, there's room in your house this summer?" 
and uh, yeah, everything we just kind of went from there. But that's uh, amazing. No, really, like because I had nowhere to go. Um, for and I don't want to like slander anyone on the internet, um, but I had nowhere to go, and he, and he was like, yeah, no, yeah, totally. And his parents, um, like, moved me into his house. Yeah. Uh, on like Andy's, like he's a good guy, <laughs> like, and give me a room and take care of me. And it took me a while to find a job. Um, but I still remember the job I got. I would, uh, oh, what was the name of the company? Oh, Chad, you're going to love this. You're going to, you, you love it. I, he, uh, he worked at Baycoat. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I know that place. Well, That's, yeah. Uh, I, my father has 32 years in there. He retired from there. He worked for yeah. years at that place. Yeah. I, 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 and so it was my first, yeah, it was, it was my first ever, uh, job around a union. Yeah. And, uh, it's different in that environment. It's very different. Uh, yeah. Um, it, and, uh, I remember, uh, this one time a guy, uh, there, there these big giant bins that we throw, uh, like the plastic excess plastic from the parts into, and this dude turned one into a bed. He was working a double and fell asleep in it. And some other dudes thought it'd be funny to put him in the stacks at the bottom of a stack. So to, to put him on a forklift, put him at the bottom, and then stack all these bins full of plastic on top of them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you guys are all going to get fired. Like him for sleeping and for you guys for just like breaking – Every single safety law like ever existed (laughs) and no one got fired. And I was like, how is this humanly possible? How does the, how does this exist? And they're like, oh yeah, we have a union. Like, uh, you don't even have to work once it gets past 102 degrees inside of here. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And so, yeah, it was fond memories. And, and even just like, uh, getting to spend time with your family, getting to go to like Niagara Falls with your family, uh, getting to one of my favorite things. And I always tell my wife this, um, and if I could be serious for a moment, and it's even more pertinent now, uh, with my youngest son as he has autism is seeing challenger baseball Mm. and getting to be a part of that on a small, small, small level and experiencing the joy that that brought people. And the camaraderie, com- 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 you know the word I'm trying to use there. Camaraderie, There we go. You got it. And, uh, and and seeing that, and seeing how, like, they loved, and they like it was the best part of their week and day of showing up to do Challenger baseball. And 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 I just remember it was amazing. And I still tell a joke to this day. I don't remember the young man's name. But he, he walked up to me and he would tell me the same joke every day. And he would say, hey, Kevin, do you know how to introduce a hamburger? And I'd be like, no. And he'd be like, meet Patty. And I was like, oh, that's, that kills. Like to this day, that kills. That joke kills. Yeah, yeah we're and, the dad joke, the dad joke generation. 100%. That's a pretty solid dad joke right there. It's been a – for me to be exposed to that was – was so powerful because you can see, um, and if there's one thing I can say about your dad, Andy, is he, he has vision. Like I remember in 2000, when I was staying with you guys, 2001, 
like he was talking about this is the future media is the future like yeah. this stuff and he had his own media office there um to the yeah. left hand side of your room and i was like yeah. and but he was so right he was a hundred percent right he like he nailed it he was a hundred percent right it is the it is the future it is a hundred percent the future and 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 his drive to make sure that challenger baseball was successful and and working uh at was it at the paper mill or the steel mill? Oh, uh, he worked yeah. in the steel mill, yeah. yeah. The fast yeah. And so all those things. So, yeah. Listen, you're giving him a lot of credit. You remember things a little bit differently than me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, he – first of all, we kicked Steve out of my room. I, I don't think you uh, you touched on that, but I, I was okay true. with that. <laughs> And uh, we uh, we were playing, we were rocking PlayStation Two at the time quite a that bit. Is true. And then I think it was a weekend, and he walked into the room. He's just like, Kevin, you're not staying here for free. Go get a job. Like, yeah. And uh, from that day forward, we were we were uh, pounding the pavement, uh, riding HSR. You'll appreciate that. Shout out to pay. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent true. But what I needed, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. What what I needed, hundred percent needed to for someone into my life to set boundaries without being extra or or like threatening. You know, like just, yeah, I need you. And, uh, sorry, go ahead. And, and and it wasn't even like, hey, if you don't get a job, I'm gonna kick you out. It was like you need to go get a job, find a job, and as long as you're looking, you're fine. But you got to be looking. Yeah, no, he essentially said the vacation's over. Go yeah, look yeah, for a job. yeah, yeah. That was it. And um, you, you actually touched on two things I want to talk about, and we're going to get to you, um, you, what you got going on as well. But um, is it your youngest son has autism? Yeah. Yep. Justice Gerald. Yeah. Yep. He, yeah, right on. So, uh, yeah, he has autism. Um, yeah, we. Um, it was it was super. It was hard to get a diagnosis because outside of speech, he was so far advanced in everything else. So, uh, from like one and a half, he never asked us for anything. Never. Like he was like, like if he wanted milk, he just poured himself a glass of milk. And in my head, I was like, Jesus, this is the most amazing child of all time. Like he potty <laughs> trained early, like everything. And, and, um, but then my wife started noticing like he isn't talking, he isn't talking. And we were living in Washington state. And, um, so our family doctor was amazing. Um, the name's Dr. Perdaman. If you live in Olympia, Washington, and you listen to this, try to get into with her. She's the best doctor we've ever had. But she was like, you know, uh, so they would give us all these, these sheep, these forms to fill out. And I formed, filled out one of the forms and she goes, you know, he might have it, but he's going to be highly functioning. So don't worry. Like we'll set up an appointment for him to get seen. But he wasn't uh, of the age of pre-K or kindergarten, which is when you're at that age in the American school system, they kind of do a diagnosis like right away. Hmm. Um, he was younger 
And so by the time he was finally starting to get diagnosed, um, I was actually driving down to Vegas with my two oldest sons. So me and my two oldest sons are in the car and my wife meets with, to get the final kind of outline from a child development psychologist. And he looked at my wife and he goes, he will never talk and he will never live on his own. Wow. And we were like, and so my wife calls me hysterical and I'm, I'm halfway through Oregon. And I was like, okay, like, well, we'll just do the best we can. We will just love him and we'll do everything we can. And so then we moved down here and he gets into uh, an, uh, a program for autism in the, in the public school system. And in his, he had the most amazing teacher. And in one year, he went from being unable to talk to um, not even a year. So he got enrolled in August because school starts here the beginning of August. Um, and December ca- came and three days before Christmas, he looked at my wife and he said, I love you, mommy. Wow. And it was the first thing he ever said. That was like, that, that like you could understand, uh, he was four. Wow. Four. Wow. Four. Yep. Four years old. Like he could hum along to songs, but never, never talk. And so I was crying. My sons were crying. Uh, and, and he's just smiling. He's just like, I love you. And you're just like, oh my word. To now where he talks he reads above grade level, um, and he like he definitely has autism. Like he definitely has moments where you can be like, okay, yeah, this child, like my my son, is not uh, he he functions in a different manner, which is right. totally fine. But he also is very smart. He figures things out quickly. But as a parent, it's been a very uh, interesting dynamic to have. My other two, my older two sons, and uh, and Justice, and I think one of the the biggest blessings we've had is they are so understanding and loving that it's never hard for them. It's never a hindrance. He's always like part of the crew, and so he so it's been this amazing thing to kind of be around. And so now he does he talks communicates. Um, he makes his own sandwiches still, uh, but he does have moments where he won't, he doesn't want to sleep in his own room mm. or, um, you know, he'll just, he'll, if we're, if we're somewhere new, it's hard for him, but we're really beginning to see him develop and grow more. And, and he's just an amazing kid. Wow. That's incredible, man. Um, you know, we spent the, the, a large part of uh, of our episode here just getting to know you on a personal level because, of course, Andy knows you so well, uh, but our listeners mm-hmm. may not. And so, you know, we're getting to the sort of the the, the meat and potatoes. And, and as I say that, I'm thinking about the meat patty joke, which is it's in my head now. So thanks for that. Um, but, you know, we're getting to the, you know, the, uh, our, our podcast here very much you know we, we our tagline is real talk around matters of disability with no excuses and so first of all i want to thank you for your transparency because i felt the emotion in your voice as you told the story of hearing you know those gut-wrenching conversations in the car with your wife about being you know dare i say misdiagnosed obviously you know he'll never he'll never function and you know he'll mm-hmm. never speak and 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 um 
and then to hear the emotion in your voice. And I can only imagine how gut wrenching and awesome that must have been to have that moment where uh-huh. at four years old, his first words are, I love you, mom. That's incredible, man. And so thank you so much for that transparency. Um, I'm thinking let's, of. Let's not incredible... oversell it. He What's said, that? mom, not dad. So he does oh, like, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. not, Fair enough. it's a little bit different. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah. If only it had been daddy, I love you. <laughs> Fair enough. Listen, man, I, we obviously our whole podcast is around living with disabilities, mm-hmm. but we have yet to have parents of, of who have kids who are differently able mm-hmm. or exceptional. However, we want to say that properly, sure. but, uh, um, we, uh, we might have to have you back on because there's so much we haven't uh, even scratched the surface of yet. But I think what you said really it, it encapsulates our relationship. When you, when you said your boys, um, JJ is just one of the crew. And that's how it always was from the day that I met you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to, uh, to know your kids – are kind of emulating you without even probably even knowing it, right? So, yeah, we, hope that makes sense. If I could dive back into parenting for a moment without overstepping or or anything like that, um, the one thing we've always taught our kids um, is everyone has something. Mm. Everyone has something that either they're insecure about or something they can't control. Um, and for like for me. I have alopecia, which means I have no hair. Like I am complete, like I have no hair. And my medium son, because he doesn't like to be called middle, um, <laughs> Cash, <laughs> he also has alopecia. Um, and so what we and so for him it was really hard when his hair started falling out because you know, he was young and it's like, well, all these other kids have long hair and, you know, and I was like, praise Jesus. You won't get head lice. There's a lot of hippies in Olympia. Um, and, and you know, what we taught our kids at a young age was, was everyone has something that that's different. Everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. You like every person has that thing that if someone talks about, it's like, ah, why'd you bring that up? You know what I mean? And, and even the most secure people in the world, they have something that there's a button that you can press. And for us and our, with our kids, we really wanted to teach them that, yes, you feel bad about this, but it doesn't give you the right to point out what's wrong with that person. Mm. Because that's, that's not going to help you deal with what you're dealing with. Understanding that, yes, you deal with something and they're dealing with something um, creates community and empathy and I've never had sympathy for, for, for Andy. I've never felt bad for him. I've never been like, Oh, Andy, I just, your life must be so hard. Mm. Oh, you know, I've always looked at Andy and been like, wow, dude, you're an overcomer. Like one, uh, you're ripped. Like, (laughs) like you are, huge like your upper body like he had an eight pack when i met him like this guy is is muscular and huge and and that, that, that's kind of went away a little bit but <laughs> it's only six now <laughs> it's only six now <laughs> but like and and two like when you are dealing with an issue 
uh, you can tell when people feel bad for you and you can tell when people want to include you. Um, and with Andy, like one, I'm also cheeky and very lippy and Andy is cheeky and very lippy. And so it was super fun and it was an awesome, it is an awesome relationship where, where there's so much more that we have in common than we don't. And it's been very important for us to teach our kids that because with justice, um, if we, if we said like differences, if someone's different, ignore them. If someone was different, um, treat them differently. Or we had a value that pointed out other people on the street, our value that looked down on other people or spoke ill of people on the TV or in life, then what would happen in our own home with our own son? And so we've been very vigilant about everyone has something. Everyone has something. And what makes you different is what makes you awesome. And what makes that person different is what makes them awesome. And that's what brings people together. Um, And especially now in in a culture that uh, wants to divide and wants to point out differences humanizing each other and saying like, Hey, like you're rad because of ABC really does help people, uh, achieve greatness in their individual life, whatever that means. Um, and for some people that's different. Um, for me, I never thought in a million years that I would be a father and a husband. Never thought that for myself, but I am. And I'm a first generation dad who stayed with his kids and his, and his wife. And I've been married for 13 years. And there's been a lot of metaphorical giants that we've had to take down in our lives, um, specifically in mind for our marriage to function in a super healthy way. Um, and so, yeah, as a parent, as a, with a child with a disability, um, teaching our other, our other children, like everyone has something has been super, super healthy. And two, I don't make excuses for my son's behavior. I never say to someone when he has a moment, Oh, it's because he has autism because not because that's not true, but we'll say like, Oh, it's a kid having a kid moment. Yeah. Cause I, you're not going to label my child. Like you're not going to curse him. You're not going to say that he can't be something. You're not going to say that he can't do something because he thinks differently than us. Um, and so that's kind of like how we parent in a nutshell. Sorry. That, that's cool. Going off on that I don't apologize ever because you're, you're, you're speaking to me. You're speaking to Andy. You're speaking to any of our listeners. And I think you're speaking to the core of what, our podcast is about is that real talk, right? Those real emotions about it. And, and absolutely everyone is capable and, and he's not having an autism moment. He's having a kid moment. He's being a kid and, and he's not at fault. And this is the truth. And I've had my experience with ASD has come almost exclusively from the classroom. So I've had to educate Mm -hmm. myself um, about a lot of ASD because I get physical disability, right? Like I live mm-hmm. it, I get it, I understand. Um, but I've had to educate myself a lot about about ASD, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be, even in that sense. But I've had 
quite a few students with ASD. And it's just, it's, it's embracing that simple fact that they think differently. They're not less, right? They're mm-hmm. not less. They're thinking differently They're you know, and, it, and because they think differently doesn't make them different in, and I use different in air quotes, right? Like, I mean, everybody's different and I love what you just right. said. Fine. You know, everybody's got something, <laughs> everybody's got something, you know? So, you know, we're all different. That's the point. And I say that to my, to my students, you know, that's how I've, that's how I have uh, wrestled with a lot of stuff. You know, if everybody was born the same, the world would suck. I've had, mm-hmm. I've had uh, conversations with students about that. Embrace your differences, find them, embrace them and, and live them, live in your, and live in your, your moment and be, be who you are. And so, man, I just, I love this. And Andy said it, we haven't had uh, this perspective, the perspective of a parent uh, who's lived, lived these moments. Uh, you know, I, I've said all the time that I'm, I'm blessed to be, uh, blessed to be a dad of three of my own and we've had moments you know i've had moments i know and andy's had moments where people may have questioned our parenting abilities because of our disability people have mm-hmm. asked me if i have you know kids with disabilities and or when i mentioned that my kids are all able-bodied and, and quote unquote normal oh that's so nice you know and it's like holy smoke what world do you live in that that's your first thought and i think it comes from mm-hmm. you know a decent place people don't mean you know they don't mean harm it's just that's the mentality that exists sometimes you know um and so you are you're speaking some some truth tonight, Kevin Davidson. So thank you, man, for being you. You're checking off a lot of firsts today because uh, not only are you parents of uh, well, a couple kids with uh, differences of ability, you got a lot of stuff going on yourself. And um, I want to touch on that before we, we call it a night. We're already an hour yeah. in. So. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, we've, we've only talked about it from – from Chad's perspective as an educator, because you kind of gotta, you gotta, you gotta cover all that stuff to some degree, right? So, um, why don't you tell everybody what you, what else you got going? Like, why were you in the hospital during COVID? Uh, oh yes, for sure. So I have um, uh, a blend of ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. So it's uh, which is inflammatory bowel disorder. Um, it affects people. But it's not, um, it's not something you can see on the outside. So, it, it, so it be- just, just, to, just to cover that part, you have the alopecia as well. So you're, yes. you're yes. covering all your bases. Yeah, you, yeah. You just check, you've checked all the boxes, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so for, for instance, when I go into the hospital, it'll go from the extremes of, uh, oh, this person has cancer because he doesn't have hair to the flip side of, Oh, you're here with stomach pain. Um, and it's like, when I say stomach pain, I mean, like, I feel like my insides are being ripped out and not only that, but, um, a common symptom of an active flare in IBD is bleeding out of a part of your body where blood is not supposed to be coming out of. (laughs) And, when you, when you try to explain that to people, but you look like if you were to look at me, like I look totally fine, but because of what I'm struggling with is the internal part, people never fully understand how bad it is. Are they underestimate or they just don't believe you. Mm. Um, and because like you do see that and, you know, I can't imagine being a nurse in an emergency room. 
um, because people come in all the time and they're like, my stomach hurts. I need, oh, do you want some morphine? No, I'm allergic to that. I only can take this. You know what I mean? And that happens like 10 times, 20, 30 times a day. Um, and so when finally, well, like when someone like me comes in and I have my wife with me and uh, I'm quasi well-dressed, they're like, uh, nothing's wrong with you, dude. And, and and so you run into that. And and one of the most frustrating experiences of dealing with, with IBD is the fact that um, to my employer, I always look okay. To a doctor that doesn't know me, I always look okay. To an emergency room doctor, I always look okay. To an emergency room nurse, I always look okay. Because it's an internal problem. And a lot of people, um, it took me a long time to be able to manage that emotionally. Because here I would be completely sick with something internal, trying to explain it to someone who only sees illness as something external um, and only sees disability as something as external. And it, it, it's that fine line, you know, of, of how do you advocate for yourself without being a jerk? And <laughs> that is a line that um, if you were to ask my wife, she said, I've, I've walked too much on the, pacifist side and I need to be more aggressive um, and if you ask me I just go uh, you know like stuff happens it's live you know yeah we're out here living uh, you know be drinking be merry tomorrow we might die like, come hey on. Dave Matthews reference well done uh, biblical reference I know <laughs> I know I know where he got it from his parents were Quakers anyways <laughs> I think if I could add to add anything is I know a lot of your the majority of your um, listeners probably have different uh, ailments are 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 things going on with their body or in their body or in their mind Mm -hmm. that people around them have placed ceilings over their life and said if you can do just this much, you're doing great. You've done it. You know what I mean? Like, awesome. Good for you. But what, what I would say is like in this era, you can do anything. You can literally do anything. And, you know, it, using, using you guys as examples, if, 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 if you wouldn't mind, like you both played sledge hockey. Chad, you play guitar, sing, teach. Andy, you are a personal trainer. You both are fathers. You both are husbands. You both are killing at the life game. But for a lot of people, they 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 go, "Oh, that'll never be for me because of this." Yeah. And I think one of the things that this podcast is aiming to do is to say, like, "Okay, yeah, you have that, but there's everything in this world." And I would say, like, this venue, the power of the internet makes everyone's voice valuable whether it should be or shouldn't be i mean that's debatable but (laughs) you can do anything if you have no uh no hands you can go on fiverr and do voiceovers and get paid to do voiceovers if you can't speak you can edit if you there's so much in this world 
um, the world is changing at such a rapid rate that don't allow what people see about you to dictate where you go. Don't let other people place ceilings over your life. Um, like I, I look at my sons and uh, I always watch my speech because I have a habit of saying stupid things. But I never want anything that I say to place a ceiling over their life. And so one of my sons wants to do YouTube. He's 11 years old. Cool. He's going to fine art school. He wants to write movies, do a whole bunch of stuff. So I go, listen, man, if you want to do YouTube, I don't want anything to do with this. I will buy you the stuff, but I don't want to edit. I don't want to film. I don't want to script write. Like, I, I don't want to do that for you. You need to do that for yourself. If you're passionate about it, you do it. And so he does. He started it again, and he's doing it again. And so there's space for everyone to be successful and earn an income from this thing called the internet um, and to express, like, your own creativity and your own passions and find community of people that are just about as passionate about it as you are. And... You know, you don't have to go very far into like stuff that would have been considered weird 15 years ago to find people who are making millions upon millions of dollars doing it. And so don't, if I could say anything to your listenership, is don't allow anyone to create a ceiling over your life or your children's life if they are dealing with something that isn't a reality because there is no ceilings anymore. Like... Hmm. I believe that, you know, my personal value is Jesus put you, put everyone on this earth to do something. And once you fall in love with what your passion is and what you were created for, you'll find success and fulfillment in it. Other people may believe yeah. different and that's fine. But all of us are on this earth trying to do the best we can and trying to be the best we can. And sometimes, especially in a community like for instance, I was told by a specialist, "Hey, Kevin, you gotta stop. Uh, you gotta stop training. You gotta stop." I, at the time, I was trying to get back into shape to play basketball in a men's league, and he said, "Listen, man, you gotta stop. Um, the stress you're putting on your body is raising your cortisol levels, which is affecting your inflammation counts, which is going to lead to you being hospitalized. There's no way around it. You gotta, you gotta stop." So I stopped. I listened to him. Just gave up. Just totally gave up. I was like, you know what? Forget it. This, the athletic part of my life is over. And for seven years, I lived that way. And so then my medium son, Cassius, looks at me and he goes, hey, dad, will you teach me to play basketball? And I came outside and I dribbled the ball three times and I almost passed out. I was like, I have a problem. Huh. It's called Ben and Jerry's. And I need... <laughs> to to get in shape and not that Ben and Jerry's is the problem my self-control is and so from that day forward I just started saying I'm going to exercise every day now I'm not running sprints but I'm going to exercise every single day I'm going to start watching what I eat I'm going to start waking up and going to sleep on time I'm going to make every best effort I can because my son and I am his hero wants to learn from me so I'm going to teach him I'm not going to tell him like Hey, basketball is not going to work out for you. I'm not going to tell my other son. YouTube's not going to work out for you. I'm not going to tell Justice, like, you're going to live with us forever. I'm not going to create ceilings for them. I'm going to create opportunities. And what they do with those opportunities is their choice. And so through exercising and through 
trying to get in better shape, my sons see that as well. So now they're making better choices. And that is kind of like what eliminating ceilings in your own life does is it shows the people around you like, hey, like I can be successful as well. And especially in communities where people feel marginalized, they need people to look at to pave that road. And so once again, if I can say anything, don't let anyone tell you that there's a ceiling on your life because of something that you can't control. Because you can do anything. You can do anything. Really, truly. And, you know, and not, don't be, like, I know someone's going to hear this and take it to the extreme. Like, I can't grow hair. I can't close my eyes, rub peanut butter on my scalp, and quench my body really hard, and all of a sudden hair is going to pop up. That's not going to happen. I got to work with what I got. Like, and that's okay. But I can find purpose in that. I have to, at this point in my life, I have to always be within four minutes of a bathroom because when I got to go, I got to go. And so I have to live my life and adjust it to that way. So that's just the way it is, but that doesn't mean I can't do anything. It just means I have to figure out what I can do in the confines of what I'm working with. And so I would just say, don't let anyone tell you, you can't do what you want to do. Man, that's fantastic, and I think I said this last week too. We need to uh, we need to d- devote more time to our guests, whether that be another episode or because um, uh, Clay was amazing as well and uh, very different. And uh, I think I think uh, I think our guests are outshining us, Chad, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. COVID times have. Uh necessitated or not necessitated but allowed us the uh, freedom to schedule more guests because everybody has been uh, at home and it's been easy to schedule these guests that maybe we've had in the back of our minds for a while and so we've been uh, very intentional and Andy you especially been very intentional about lining up guests for our shows and uh, definitely uh, guests are starting to outshine uh, outshine us so uh, not not that we won't have you back Kev because I absolutely I think you have so much to share you have just uh you've checked so many boxes for me obviously as a man of faith myself um but um but uh, stripping that aside not that we should ever do that but stripping that aside you're speaking to the parenting side you're speaking to your own battles and what you have faced like i mean I w- i'm already wanting to have you back to talk about what growing up with even you know probably one of your dare i say your your smaller concerns your alopecia what that looked like as a kid some of the obstacles that you must have faced because i think you have so much to say around that i'm obviously a, a huge advocate um against bullying because i work in a school system and i know I, I see it and so i know you might have so much more to say uh and i'm i'd be thrilled to have you back man uh, as someone who knows you personally but also even if i didn't know you personally i'd be sitting here going yeah this guy's got more to say uh and so i think that uh we could easily do a Kevin Davidson 2.0. Well, listen, man, worst case, Brett's going to be back and you can rip on him for, for uh, a number of reasons, really. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so if you've listened to the show, you know we kind of close off with uh, an offside moment. And um, I'm going to switch things up just a little bit because uh, – why not? We'll just we'll, we'll go crazy today. But uh, John, I'm going to let you pick. Um, I'll give you three scenarios, and uh, 
I didn't tell Kev I was going to do this, but uh, I'll let you pick which offside you want me to um, um, elaborate on. Uh, all three involves Mr. Davidson, and uh, we can we can uh, expand uh, whichever one you uh, you go with. Kev, you game for that? Yeah, yeah, I'm good for that. <laughs> we have, uh, I, and again, Kev, I, I know you might have limited um, exposure to listening to the episodes, but the offside moments have been some, certainly some of my favorites and uh, and Andy's. But I know from some of our listeners, uh, our regular listeners that are, are checking out all of our episodes. And again, if you're new to the podcast, if you're listening because Kevin's on it, and you want to you want to hear more about uh, what we've done before, Kevin. You can go back and check out any old episode you want on any major podcasting device of your choice. But the offside moment has become uh, definitely one of our favorite moments, those head shaking moments uh, that we know we've had in our own lives. And certainly you must have you must have experienced yourself, Kevin. So set them up for us, Andy. All right. So the first one I'm going to um, throw out there, Kevin, and I, like we've said before, went to uh, Bible college in Regina and there's not a lot to do there for entertainment other than, uh, well, I'll go to movies or support the, the college team in whatever sport they tend to be playing uh, at the time. Uh, Kevin and I went to, uh, to a hockey game and, uh, it got a little bit heated, so me being me, um, inadvertently challenged uh, the entire opposition to a fight. So we can go down that road if you want. Um, so that's option one. That's option right, one. So, so Kevin's going to pick one of these and, and elaborate on the rest of the story, right? This is great. No, I'm going to let you pick. Oh, me. Oh, boy. Or, or we can go, Kevin. I don't, I don't care. know. Okay, Chad okay, could pick. Number two. Number Chad. two. Number two, uh, Kevin talked about Challenger Baseball, and that joke is is golden. But um, um, there was a there was a gentleman that uh, uh, Kevin kind of I don't know how you say it, befriended, took under his wing, and uh, some of the stuff he he came up with was pretty funny. Um, uh, so. We can go down that road. Okay. I'll elaborate a little more. If I tell you kind of what he said, it'll give it away. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. No, I want the reaction to be genuine. Okay, go ahead. And 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 last but certainly not least. When Kevin was here in the summer, um, I was learning how to drive. So he was he was either passenger or back seat for a lot of my, my driving experiences. And uh, that was a lot of fun too. So, um, so who's picked – Who's wow. picking? Okay, well, I think you should pick, and then we'll, we'll tell our sides of the story. Sure. Okay, so I, I, I'm honored to be able to pick. I am completely torn uh, between those three choices. Uh, one, because I'm a hockey fan, so I want to hear how that story goes. Two, because I have some deep investment into Challenger Baseball myself. Uh, and three, because I have rid, written ridden passenger seat with you for a lot of rides, Andy. So I'm pretty torn. Um, let's just go with option number two, simply because it's in the middle. So give me, give me the challenger baseball story. Option number two. Yeah. So, um, as we've talked about before, challenger baseball has a, a rec division or sorry, a rep division, like a, a traveling team. We, we competed all across. I, I played on that for a year. 
Yeah, exactly. So we've talked about it before, but uh, I don't think you were playing when Kevin was here in the no, summer. No, no. But uh, so Kevin just uh, he tagged along, and there was a guy. Um, he was, he was, he is developmentally delayed, and his filter is just, um, is just not there. Non-existent. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but he ended up. He didn't make the team. But so. He was kind of like our number one fan. He didn't make the team, but he came to all the games. Mm-hmm. So Kevin got to know him pretty well. And uh, one time I was I was in the field, and I just look over. Kevin is, is keeled over, just killing himself laughing. <laughs> and uh, I came up to him after the game. I was like, what What happened? What, uh, what went down? And uh, he's like, oh, nothing. Um, we'll call him Fred. Just, I don't know if he yeah. listens. Yeah, well, we don't we don't want to use the real name. So, Fred, uh, don't, don't, don't use the real name. <laughs> he, said, he said, Fred asked me if I had ever seen the movie Powder. <laughs> uh, I remember hearing this story. Yeah. I, I do remember hearing this story. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Kevin, you want to chime in with, with, with the Powder experience? I'm sure you've got quite a few... Uh, Stories around that. I have two. <laughs> that, that really did happen. That was super funny. Which, uh, you, in, and I in guess we should defense, apologize to the internet that hasn't seen the movie Powder. Now they're going to be going and streaming yeah. it on the device of their choice. Well, that's a great point. So, the, the guy, the lead guy from Powder, is bald and pale. I uh, am bald and a shade of pink. So, not exactly, but close. <laughs> and so, we're just sitting there, and me and this young man, Fred, we're just talking. Fred, we're just we're just talking, and uh, he he was asking me like more outrageous questions. Um, like he'd be like, "Hey, do you have a girlfriend?" And then I would say no, and he'd be like. Why not? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know why I don't. <laughs> like, you know. Was, so anyways, so finally he just goes, he just goes, you ever seen the movie Powder? And I just start dying because like I feel, I feel like every other question he's asked at this point was a lead has been like the foundation of why I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> he was just, he was just building up to that he, moment. He was, he was just slowly laying his case down. Big, yeah, building big the foundation. <laughs> And so I always lose it laughing. And, and so I get that I get that one. And then when my wife and I got married and we were on our honeymoon, we were out for dinner one night and people came up to the table and they're like, hey, can we, we don't want to disrupt you. Can we please just get your autograph? And my wife was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you're um, the guy from Superman. Um, what was it called back then? Smallville. You're oh. Lex Luthor from Smallville. <laughs> and I believe his name is like Steven Rosenberger or, or something like that. And I was like, I'm, I'm not that guy. Uh, I am, I am definitely not famous. And so my wife was like, yeah, no, we just like, we just got married. Just please leave us alone. So then we go to a movie theater and the local paper <laughs> walks up to me and asks if it's okay to take our picture together 
and to let the community know that someone famous was there to see the opening of Pirates of the Caribbean 3. And I was like, I'm not that guy. <laughs> like, I'm not that guy. So then the last time it happened, because I ended up putting on weight, because, you know, that happens in life, um, is my wife and I were in downtown Vancouver, and we were riding up the SkyTrain, and these girls came running with their cell phones out, trying to, like, take pictures of us. And my wife was like, excuse me. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. We just really love Smallville. And my wife was just like, I'm done. Like, he's not the guy from Smallville. Like, he's not that guy. All right. So full disclosure, as you're telling the story to the entire internet, I grab my phone and I've never watched Smallville, but I'm looking up Lex Luthor Smallville. And the actor's name is Michael Rosenbaum. And I'm not going to lie, Kev, you look like the dude. I'm just saying. I know. I'm, I'm staring at his picture right now on my phone. And you look like the dude. Listen, brother, do we want to go down the hockey road? Do we want to give him a bonus offside? Two offsides for the price of one. Uh, the hockey do, one's do way more funny. If, if I kept you long enough? The hockey one's way more funny. Go ahead. Okay, so tell, listen. Tell. Yeah, we're going to give the audience the two-for-one special tonight. I've had a blast with, with Kevin Davidson. So uh, to our regular listeners that love our offsides, we have uh, taken a break from them a little bit during COVID just because of the seriousness. Uh the lighthearted kind of nature of it has gone away. So we'll get back to it and we'll give the audience uh, a two for one. Cause I'm not sure. I definitely knew the powder story. I'm not sure. I know the hockey story. Now, when you get into it, I might be like, yeah, I've heard this one too. Um, Cause Andy and I have been close for a lot of years, but, uh, but tell us about uh, what hockey looks like in Regina, just because I wanted to say Regina once for the internet. Yeah. It rhymes with something else. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, there's not a lot to do in Regina. Maybe it's changed. It probably hasn't. But uh, shout out to Regina. So, as we said, Kevin and I met at uh, Bible College in Regina. Um, not a lot to do there. If Basically, what happens is if your friends played sports, you would go support your friends. We had a couple buddies on the hockey team. And uh, they're... Uh, it it wasn't even like a college league. They played in a men's league. So um, no contact, shinny hockey, basically, beer league hockey. But uh, a lot of the times what would happen was um, the, the opponents would just, just take cheap shots because um, they figured nothing was going to happen because they were playing against guys from a Bible college, right? So uh, <laughs> me being um, – we'll say mouthy and, and at this point in my life, probably not too bright. Um, whenever a penalty would happen, I would just go over, um, I just go over to the penalty box and start chirping the guy. Um, and, uh, I guess I did it enough to this, this one team that, uh, they, they decided they didn't like it very much, which I can't imagine they, they would, but, um, <laughs> After the game, um, uh, Kevin came up to me. He's like, we got to go out the back. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh we got to go out the back. Oh, boy. And, uh, Kevin, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you take it from there. Uh, so Andy decided to pick a fight with a men's beer league team. And not just like one or two of the guys. The, the team. entire team. Of grown men, 
So, so I'm like, Andy, we got to go out the back. So Andy's like, no, 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 we're okay. We're okay. And guys from the team are even telling me like, Kevin, you got to take Andy, Andy out through the back. And I was like, okay, you're like, Andy, we, we, we should probably get going. Guys from your team, not, not, yeah, not guys from the team. Not from the other team. The other yeah. team is like, let that guy walk out of here just as slow as possible. Let us go shower up and change, get a couple beers in us. We'll be right back out. Oh my God. We'll finish this conversation later. Um, and so we, we, we walk out and uh, apparently some of the guys just like took their skates off and decided, let's just, uh, let's go see if he's uh, still still's froggy so we're in the parking lot in regina um and andy almost got us into a fight with an entire beer league hockey team (laughs) and me so it's me and andy and against an entire beer league hockey team some of and some of whom are still wearing pads because all they took off was their they, they made it quick. <laughs> I, I must have said I, I must have ruffled some feathers if they were that fast. I uh, yeah, all I rem- honestly all I remember is he kept being like, "The car's running, let's go!" Like Start you're, you're coming. It's like the IKEA commercial. <laughs> Start the car. <laughs> So I mean, how does how does where's that where does the story go from here? Like you've you've built the suspense now. So now you try sliding out the back door, which is another thing I just wanted to say for the entire internet. Um, and now you've ended up in the parking lot with an entire beer league hockey team and Andy. And I'm, I'm listen, Andy, I love you, dude, like a brother too. And I know we've touched on brotherly love tonight. But I mean, I, I might pick the other guys. I'm, I'm, you're a little outnumbered. So how does the how does absolutely not only outnumbered, but uh, uh, I, I'm not very sturdy on my feet. So, like I said, it wasn't it was it wasn't it. Was, I didn't think things through um, for sure, and that's what the offside is. It's not 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 your typical offside. So so cooler heads prevail. That's the. Well, I don't know if they did. We just got out of there faster than uh, than they could run in their hockey equipment. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin didn't really ask me to go out the back. I mean, I'm picturing this in my head because I didn't know this story, so that's amazing to be able to hear it for the first time. I'm picturing this in my head, and Andy, you you don't run like you don't travel fast. Well, at least not on your feet. Um, and I don't imagine you had a, like a wheelchair with you that night. So, so like I'm picturing this I'm just, in my head. It's like. Kevin dragging Andy by the collar of his shirt. <laughs> no, he picked me up over his shoulder. Oh, okay, That's- all right, okay, good, good. So he got you to the car as fast as possible. That's amazing. Listen, Kev, we have uh, we've touched on a lot tonight, and I don't think we're done. Like, I'm not kidding. I'd love to, and I know Andy would have you back in a in a second, and I'd love to have you back on with Brett because again, we're missing a member of our team tonight, but. Uh, We've we've done a lot of talking tonight, but we've we've I feel like we've only scratched the surface on the message that you uh, have had to share uh, with our listeners, and and uh, you know there's been a lot of great stuff, um, and you, you've said a lot and spoken to me, you know, uh, 
maybe not trying to speak it to me personally, but you're speaking to me personally a lot. Of what, of what you said has resonated with me. And, and if I can go back, circle back just before we let you go uh, to that, that little nugget that you gave us that, you know, everybody's got something. Um, and, and, you know, I think society and ourselves, we put, we put ceilings on it. And it, sometimes it comes from parents. Sometimes it comes from what you see in the media. You put a ceiling on yourself. And the moment that you've done that, you've already failed. We're all capable of achieving great things. And so you've reminded us of that tonight. And so Kevin Davidson for that, I say, thank you, buddy. I, I really appreciate what you guys do. And I think it's inspiring. Wow. Uh, yeah. I just love both of you and thankful for you guys. That's amazing, man. Uh, one thing we do not try to be is inspiring, but I certainly appreciate you giving us that tag. That's pretty cool. Andy, anything to say to your, uh, your quote unquote brother here before we call it a night? No, man, I just, uh, um, I don't know why it took so long to, uh, to get you on here other than like you said, multiple times, multiple ways. I don't really, I don't really look at you obviously as Kevin with alopecia, Kevin with uh, a son with autism. You're just Kev, right? So um, then when we started talking about it, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. And uh, here we are two hours in Yeah, and uh, I had to figure out how to make this, uh, um, cut it down at least a little bit, or maybe we'll make it a two-parter. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, we'll get you back. I think you got a lot more to say, and uh, the hard part is now throwing to Andy to uh, edit this together and uh, and figure out what to what to keep. But man, uh, it's been a blast. I've appreciated the perspective that you have shared as uh, someone with your own challenges, someone who has experienced them as a parent, uh, and obviously as a man of God, man of faith, you have brought tremendous perspective to us. So thanks again uh, from my heart uh, for joining us tonight, man. I appreciate you very much. Oh, no problem. Love you guys. Have a great night. And uh, I uh, look forward to talking to you all again. That's it. It's been a long one from us here at the Team Ability No Excuses podcast. On behalf of Brett, who uh, we think is under the weather or he just didn't want to stand up to Kevin's fire, uh, I want to say uh, good night for him. And on behalf of Andy as well, uh, this is Chad on behalf of the Team Ability No Excuses podcast, reminding that you can go back and check out any old episode you want. Uh, we are here for you in these COVID times and any other time you need us. And so you can check those out. On behalf of all of us, thanks so much. God bless and good night.